Hey, Raceroo listeners, it's time to get back to racing. Uh, Rolex 24 was today. NASCAR's right around the corner. Of course, I'm Ryan. You'll hear Jordan a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to try a little bit different format this year. Uh, we're going to try to record Fit Tips mostly together. Um, and then uh, we'll do the race segments individually on a Sunday night, Monday, something like that. So we can re- release a little earlier in the week. Um, I think that makes a little more sense than to try to pack it in on a Sunday morning and get it out right before the race starts. So I hope this makes it a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more efficient for us, makes the quality of the, the podcast just a little bit better. So, but with that being said, um, I do want to go into a little fit tip before we get started. Um, first of all, it was kind of nice to take a, a, a month or so off to kind of just breathe, not try to have to try to force everything out every week. So, but that break has really kind of invigorated me to get back into the shop as it, as it were and bring out the uh, fit tips that I've been eager to share with a lot of people and then talk about racing, which I absolutely love to do. <clears throat> so today's fit tip, um, more of kind of an encouragement, I guess. We are now getting towards the end of January. Of course, you know the new year, new me kind of uh, crowd that comes in. This is about the time you start seeing them fall off. One month in, fewer and fewer people show up. So if you're in that crowd... Um, Not even necessarily of just getting back into the gym or getting back into something. Um, Even if you're somebody who's very been very consistent, but you're trying something new. Just remember that January should be a learning experience. If you're somebody that's fairly disciplined on your nutrition, let's say, and you're trying to bulk a little bit, so you're trying to eat a little bit more calories, you might already be getting a little bit bored with it, or you're getting bored of cutting calories. You're finding the struggles already, and that's normal. So I want to encourage those of you who are really struggling with that to just understand January, you may see results in January, but January shouldn't be about that. I don't care if you're lifting, if I don't care if you're going for aesthetics, for performance, whatever the goals you have set, in January, you should be focused on learning focused on building foundations of how to get to the next step. Because if all you're trying to do is get results in January, those, uh, you know, novice, uh, not novice, those kind of um, newbie gains, as they call them, um, they tend to come much more easy in the first month or so. Then in the second, third month, your body starts adapting. It's much harder to kind of get those results that you're trying to see. What you you should be doing in their first couple months that you're really set out for your goal. And of course, January is when the biggest time of the year is when these are set. That's why we're covering it now. You should be learning how to attain those goals. You should be learning how to live, how to show up consistently, how you can hit your nutrition plan more consistently. Even if it's not a plan, just have a little bit better of of a scheme than you did before. So your first month or two, three, should be all focused on learning the ins and outs of what you're trying to do and then find out how you can incorporate it because everyone is a little bit different. Your nutrition plan, you might be in the same boat as somebody beside you trying to lose the same amount of weight or you're trying to put on the same amount of muscle. But you guys might have to come at it from a little bit different angle. And you got to consider that one person might be allergic to something. So while somebody might be able to get their protein from getting fish or eating peanut butter, you may not. 
because you might be allergic to that. Your body might react to food slightly differently. Your body might react to exercise a little bit differently, even as far as just recoveries. So understand that there's not always going to be a one track on how to follow these things. You should be trying to understand how your body's reacting, what you can tolerate, and not even just what you can tolerate, what your body's going to respond to the best. Most often, when it comes to exercise, people dive in way too much, way too quick, and their body doesn't really find efficient ways to react because you're just overkilling it from what it's used to. When you're trying to dial in your nutrition, a lot of people tend to dial in way too much, way too quick, way too strict. Can't have this, can't have that. You should be learning. How can I not have as much of that bad food that's leading me away from my goals? Can I have a little bit less at breakfast, a little bit less at lunch? Don't cut out, don't go immediately to fasting. Don't go to these big swings right away unless your doctor's telling you that. You should be gradually trying to push yourself in a direction right now, no matter what you're doing. And so I encourage everyone, if you're already struggling, if you're already at that point like, man, I just don't know if this is for me. I know I said I was going to do that, do this in 2024, but I just don't know if it's for me. Just kind of take a step back, see where you're at, see where you can find enjoyment in what you're trying to accomplish, and then reassess and go from there. Again, it's a journey, and if you hit your goals in March, then what? What are you going to do after that? Think about it maybe more along the lines over the course of the year. How am I going to do this on a journey over the course of the year? And then next year, and then next year, so I can maintain at the goals that I'm looking, trying to accomplish. <clears throat> but that's, that's my big thing. Um, no matter what it is, you always have to try to find some kind of enjoyment, some kind of way to be in the lifestyle with enjoyment that you're trying to accomplish. And if you don't, you're going to be falling off of the plan immediately. This is where people jump off at this stage because they just bit off way too much, way too quick. Um, they try to, to punish themselves, and uh, it, it tends not to work out. So if you're at that stage, take a breath, reassess. Use this last week of January as your deload week to kind of refigure out, reassess where you need to go from here. And don't give up on it. You got it. You can go from here, and you can definitely do it. I know you might be in a situation right now where it's been three weeks and you're not seeing the results that you want or you're really feeling like to get the results you're really really pushing yourself way too hard take a step back and breathe and reassess slow down you're gonna get there so with that being said um plan is for next week for me and jordan to both get on that one together um really looking forward to next week uh, i've been dying to talk about this one uh, and it's going to be free weights versus machines and which one is better. And I can't wait to discuss it. Um, but if you listen to me long enough, you kind of know that there's never really a clear-cut answer. So a little bit of foreshadowing for that one. Spoiler alert. Um, now as we get into um, just kind of like a preview of the NASCAR series, I guess. Um, you know, Toyota and Ford both got new body concepts for this year. Um and, you know, from my side, Stuart Haas side, the Ford last year uh, was kind of got kind of got a bad rep, uh, was kind of touted as the worst of the, the three manufacturers. Um, however, 
the last two years, it's shown up to Phoenix, and it's kind of dominated. And, you know, if you can get yourself to Phoenix, you've seen it with Ryan Blaney. You saw it with Joey Logano. If you can get yourself to Phoenix in that Ford, you're in the catbird seat. So I'm interested to see how this car plays out. Um, if it changes the dynamic any, any uh, if it's a little bit better on the mile and a half, um, if it makes it not as good on the short tracks, because that's where the Ford was good. And you kind of don't want to get rid of that because ultimately when you get there, you don't want to have like uh, what Christopher Bell had where you're not quite as good. Well, of course he wrecked. Um, but in his Toyota, just not quite as good as the Ford. The Chevy's not quite as good as the Ford when you get to that most important race. Um, of course, you got to get there first, and we saw that with several of the Fords that, you know, they didn't get there. So if you can get there, it seems like you kind of wanted to have that Ford. Um, but we're, we're going to have to see how this dark horse plays out, if the Toyota plays out on any different. Um, the interesting, interesting thing is, while the Ford was always kind of touted as the worst of the three, the Chevy and the Toyota kind of, I didn't really see one as more dominant the, than the other. They kind of went back and forth, I felt like, at a lot of the tracks that were not short track. Um, so with Toyota's new, um, I think they just got a new nose. So if with, with that, we'll have to see if that makes them any better or worse. Um, I just kind of felt like a lot of last year, you saw a lot of guys get good on a hot streak for a while and then kind of fall off of it. And you saw that with... Um, most of the people, I mean, you think about Martin Truex was dominant for most of the regular season and then really fell off a cliff. Um, Ryan Blaney kind of so-so through most of the year and then really turned it on in the later half of the playoffs. Um, and that's what it's going to take to win the championship is uh, the person who seems to dominate early um, through the regular season or through the, the whole regular season doesn't always seem to be the one who's quite as good through the playoffs. Um, matter of fact, a lot of times it seems like they, they kind of have to ride that buffer that they got. So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm interested to see if, uh, that's how it's going to play out this year where, you know, Truex had it this year where he just kind of skated by all the way through his, uh, almost all the way to the championship with really bad runs in the playoffs. Um, now Denny Hamlin was the strongest. I felt like all the most consistent throughout the year last year, William Byron, um, had his moments, obviously, but Denny was just always consistently fast. So um, I expect more of that from him. Just th that's what he is. He's going to be very consistent. He's going to be the guy who I think you have to watch out for. And I think he's going to be even more motivated because he had a really good shot last year. And uh, I know he feels like it was kind of taken away from him. He's had that a lot through his career. So I, I think that Denny is going to be the hottest driver as far as you know, internally is looking to make a rebound. Um, from the Stuart Haas side of things, you've got a lot of young drivers. Um, I think we'll, I actually think as a team, as a company, we'll be better than we were last year. A lot of young guys, but a lot of guys that are really, really, really hungry to, uh, to get back in. I think Ryan Priest showed some growth towards the end of the year. Um, and I think Chase Briscoe, I think he just lost a lot of confidence at some point last year and so I think he's going to get it back and I think he's going to be much better than what he was I think that, that the penalty just really really kind of hurt them as far as their confidence so uh, it'd be really interesting to see uh, which one of our drivers really picks up and, and runs with it um, 
really looking forward to having Noah Gregson and Josh Berry in our cars. Um, obviously, in the Xfinity Series, those guys both had a lot of success. Josh, uh, filling in last year, had a little bit of success, finishing second at Richmond. So really uh, interested to see how he works with uh, Rodney and how Noah works with Drew. Um, now, Noah is uh, kind of one of the, the more interesting stories through the offseason. Um, he's been around the shop quite a bit, and I've never seen a driver kind of hang around <laughs> quite like this. It's not normal for drivers to be like that, but um, he, he's proven to be a really cool dude. You can tell he's really hungry. And candidly, uh, I was walking my son through the shop the other day, and he fist-bumped Zach, so you know that immediately makes him one of my favorite drivers because you just don't see that from drivers that much. They're, they're always – a lot of them are a lot more reserved in that regard. Um so, but it, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun 2024 and hopefully a better 2024 for Stuart Haas Racing. And then of course we got Cole Custer and Riley Herbst returning. Um, I expect more of the same. Um, you know, I, it took Cole a little bit of time to get going last year, but I don't see any reason why Riley can't continue the hot streak he was on at the end of last year. I don't see why Cole can't repeat as champion if Riley doesn't jump up there and nab it from him. So. Xfinity side of things, really looking forward to to the year as well. So it's a whole new guard, um, far cry from several years ago when you know it was I was there. It was Tony and Kevin and Kurt and uh, Danica. You know, it was, it's a whole bunch of big name people. It's not like that anymore. So um, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to uh, come at it from a different angle, and I'm really looking forward to it. Now, that being said, we're heading out to The Clash this weekend. Trucks leave in just a couple days. Um, love it or hate it, The Clash is is something that NASCAR is really pushing. I personally like it. I don't like how we go out there, come back, do Daytona, and then go back out west. Um, but without going to the L.A. or the Fontana race, rather, uh, I feel like it makes more sense. Um, and it's a market that we need to be in. We really do need to push having a race in L.A. That's a very, very big market. Even if you only get you know, half a percent of that population. That's still a massive number. And so, you know, I, for all the naysayers, um, you just have to understand why we keep trying that. And I think it is actually a much better race than what I anticipated it being a few years ago. I thought there would be no passing. And it turns out that uh, if you're hooked up, man, you can uproot a guy. And that's that's the way to you need to move them. You need to move them out of the way to move forward. And that's a, you know, short track racing at its finest. That's what we love. So I, I don't see why people knock on it so much um, other than it's California. Uh, I think it's proved to be actually a pretty compelling race. There's always racing. You're never not around somebody. Um, so that's uh, that's one week out uh, already. Um, got a busy day tomorrow to uh, get in there and, and make sure everyone has everything they need to get rolling. So uh, that's a, that's really all I have for today, I'm going to turn it over to Jordan. He's got a whole bunch of uh, dirt news because the, uh, the sprint car guys have been hard at work down in the summertime over in Australia. So I'm going to turn it over to him, and I can't wait to get back with y'all to uh, talk more racing, talk more fitness this year. Thank y'all. Catch you later.
Thanks, Ryan. As you heard, it is my time. My time is now. This is me, Jay, coming at you guys for Racer Roo Radio. And hey, we might be doing things a little bit different. So this is my segment right here. It might still be dirty talk, but it's going to be a little bit variety of different things. So let's get into it, guys. Um, the uh, dirt racing world has been uh, back in action. Um, matter of fact, since the end of last year. We had the Tulsa Shootout, we had the Chili Bowl, we have a lot of guys from America down in Australia, which now they're coming back because, hey, guess what? Racing is just around the corner. Um, we already actually have racing going on right now in Volusia with the 360 National Cars, so um, yeah, it's uh, the season's here. We're, we're back. Um, what I wanted to talk about first is, man, I finally did it. And this is why my time is now. I finally got through the bowling ranks and through the perfect 300. It happened. Blew me away. Can't believe I did it. Um, something I've been striving for for 33 years. Never thought it would happen. But boy, when it does, you are shaking like a leaf. And let me tell you, when the last ball hit and all the pins fell, the biggest sigh of relief came over me. It was it was just amazing for me. Um, I don't know if any of you guys bowl out there, but hey, if you have and you bowl competitively, which I bowl in a league, when you throw a 300, man, it just, it, it's a, it's like, it's like any sort of game or anything that you could have just the best kind of game. Obviously they call it the perfect game because it's a perfect score, but it's like, a, I, I know they're completely different, but when a pitcher throws a perfect game, you know, just the excitement and relief you get from finally doing it because it's not easy um on any level but yeah so that happened during the off season i mean i'm still bowling right now but so that happened uh while we were away and uh guys these baltimore ravens they're for real afc championship game sunday whoo i hope they pull it out but we'll see they got a lot to do taylor swift's probably coming to baltimore um, but they're going big for the uh, AFC Championship game in Baltimore. First time since the 70s when the, the Colts were here. So let's hope uh, they can uh, bring the championship, AFC Championship. Uh, well, they're in Baltimore, so let's hope they can keep it here and take that big trip to the Super Bowl and uh, keep all the Pro Bowl guys uh, resting while they do the stupid Pro Bowl stuff now because it's just it's not a Pro Bowl game. Anyway... Let's get started. Like I said, there's American drivers down in Australia, or there were. They are all coming back now, but instead of going through and telling you what races they won, I'll just say this. Aaron Reitzel, Rico Abreu, Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo, Sheldon Hottenshield, they all won down under. They, they're doing big things down there. I mean, Australia has great racing, and our guys go down there and enjoy racing with them every year. And uh looks like Larson's going to go down there next year. He uh, he was watching it and said it looks like it'd be fun. So I think he's going down there next year. Um, while we were here, sort of the offseason through December after Christmas, we had the Tulsa shootout. And the following drivers got drillers. Wyatt Miller, also known as Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s nephew. He got a driller. Blake Hahn, Ashton Torgensen. Emerson Axum, Braxton Flat, and Frank Fluid. They all won drillers. 
Um, they're all different classes. Not going to get into that, but they all won drillers at Tulsa, which is the big thing, is to win the little driller guy. He's the one of the coolest trophies out there. It'd be pretty cool to uh, have one of those in person. Next, uh, the Chili Bowl happened um, not too long ago. Kyle Larson actually made a, a try at this. Um, he showed up Thursday randomly. He asked the guy if they had a car. They did. He jumped in it. Didn't go well for him. Flipped twice. So he didn't make it. He was trying to run a double. Uh, he was going to try and run the Wild West shootout and then come back and run the Chili Bowl. Wouldn't have worked anyway. When he finished the Wild West uh, shootout in the late models, he was actually, uh, as soon as he finished, they were starting the Chili Bowl uh, feature. So he would not have made it back. But it would have been wild to see. But with that, I'm going to go over the prelim Chili Bowl winners. And then I'll finish up with the driver who won the Chili Bowl. So prelim nights, um, there's two races in the first night on Monday. There's the night of champions race. And then there's the regular prelim night. So Logan CV won the night of champions. Then Tanner Kirk wins night one. Buddy Kofoid night two. Corey Day night three. Spencer Basin night four. Logan CV wins night five which he was already locked into the feature for winning the champions race, but now he's double locked in. Then uh, he comes out on, I believe he started on the pole and or close to it, and Logan CV wins the Chili Bowl. Um, a lot of Logan CV in there, but he goes back-to-back -back Chili Bowls. Not an easy feat, but he pulls it off. So good for him. It took him forever to get his first one, and now he's just racking them off. Um, Chili Bowl is awesome to see. I am definitely going to that sometime. As I want to see that in person. It's going to be a long week whenever I do, but it, it would be awesome to see. In the same night that the Chili Bowl ran, like I said, um, there was the Wild West shootout. That was one of the nights. Um, Larson wouldn't have made it back for that, but on Sunday, for the whole kit and caboodle for the Wild West shootout, well, uh, Kyle Larson goes on to win that. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was still having success, just wasn't in the midgets. Right now at Volusia, they have the 360s, like I said earlier. Sam Haperteep won night one at Volusia. And Austin McCarl wins night two, um, the 360 national cars down there. It's good to see uh, racing back, guys. It's it's just a feel-good, feel-good, feel-good. Um, so I'm going to touch on some other news. Um, I'm not going to touch on a lot of NASCAR stuff because we're not really in the flow of that. And quite frankly, I don't really know of the driver swaps. Um, so I wouldn't be able to touch on that very well. But I can talk to you about the High Limit Series, the World of Outlaws. Um, there's been changes at Lincoln Speedway. A lot of changes, which are kind of controversial. But um, yeah, so let's get into it. So the High Limit Series with Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, they... Um, officially released the driver list for their series and it's going to be 17 cars every night to field that's just the guys who are going for the championship 17 last year the uh all-stars what it formerly used to be had about 10 to 11 full-time drivers now they have 17 full-time drivers big big swing pulled a couple outlaw drivers over um, also pulled in some guys that weren't running a series, pulled them in. 
Um, they have 17. They have 19 for the midweek shows. So there's two drivers that are running for the midweek championship. And then there's 17 running for the whole championship, the whole series. There's, like I said, there's a lot of ins and outs of it. There's two different championships you can win. It's kind of like, I guess, how the NBA did the stupid midweek uh, or the mid-year uh, NBA title thing. I don't know. That that was kind of dumb. But the way the High Limit Series has it is they have the midweek shows, which is what they started out with. That is a championship, which is what Kyle Larson won last year. Now they still have that. They kept that in case drivers wanted to do that midweek show but didn't want to run the full series. So they had that championship. There's two. Well, actually, there's 19 drivers running for that. Two are permanent just for that, not the the weekend series, which will be 17 full-time drivers. So a lot of technicalities of that, but they pulled Outlaws over, and they pulled the reigning champion, Brad Sweet, I mean, from, from the Outlaws. They pulled him over. That's a, that's a big time. I mean, it wasn't even – I mean, it was the day after – he wins the World of Outlaw Championship. He says he's not returning to the Outlaws and goes high limit. To me, that's like a huge slap in the face of the Outlaws. Like, you didn't even get to the award ceremony, and he's already going high limit racing. Um, So, yeah, that just sends a message to the Outlaws. Um, the Outlaws released their driver list, and they have 11 to 12 drivers. I think the final count was 12 um, which is down from last year. I think they had 13 or 14 that is down this year. Um, yeah. So you're going to have 12 permanent drivers. You're also on the big time races. You're going to get the drivers from the high limit. You're going to get drivers from elsewhere. So the outlaws are kind of in, in trouble right now. The high limit series has really threatened them, um, money wise and driver count wise and popularity wise. It's just, Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson are making big, big waves in the sprint car world right now. And the biggest series was the World of Outlaws. And I say was is because it was for now. Um, it's a bigger name, but the High Limit series has taken over. A lot of people are buzzing about High Limit. And we're excited for that season. That's going to be on Flow Racing. High Limit is. And the World of Outlaws are still on Dirt Vision. But there was a lot of changes that happened, and there's a lot of ins and outs to it. So I'm not going to get into all that. But the cool thing is, is we have two sprint car series and we have two popular sprint car series. So uh, it, it's going to be an exciting year. I can't wait for it to get going. I know the All Stars used to be there. It was Tony Stewart series, but once Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson bought that, we knew it was going to take off. We we just knew. We weren't sure how much it was going to take off, but it did. Um, so some with the, the High Limit Series, they get rolling February uh, 12th and 13th. They're going to be at East Bay Raceway. Um, so that's when their season gets going. And the World of Outlaws, they start February 7th at Volusia. So buckle up and get ready. Racing's right around the corner. Uh, what Daytona 500 are we talking about here? I mean, even the... Uh, the icebreaker, or I don't know what it is, the icebreaker at Lincoln Speedway, that's coming up 28 days away. And we'll have four tens here in Pennsylvania midwinter, like we always do, but it, it's it's counting down right now. So um, the cool thing with the, the high limit series that I wanted to touch on is the they, they changed the way 
Um, so there used to be a dice roll that the drivers could do. And if they were on the pole, they'd roll the dice and whatever number it came up with, it would shuffle them back there. And then they'd get double the money if they won. Well, a lot of drivers weren't doing that because it's hard to go from the pole back to sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, and come through and win because the series is so strong. It's so stacked. So they changed it. And I don't know if you guys remember me last year saying there was going to be some sort of changes. Well, they changed it in a big way. And this is something that has never happened. I mean, like sprint car racing, you have your 50-50, you know, stuff like that, your giveaways. But this is something that's never happened. And this is like awesome to see. So for the role now, they will pick out one lucky fan. Um, I don't know the technicalities of how they're going to do it. But it has to do something with either your program or you buying like when you come into the gate, they will do this drawing. If you're the person that gets picked, you'll come out and roll the dice and you have one through 12. If you get a one, a six, a 12, the way this is going to work is whatever number you roll, you get that starting position. You get that driver. So for the example, we'll use the max. So if you roll a 12. That means you get the driver that's starting in 12th. If that driver comes through and wins from 12th, then the award money for that between the driver and the fan is going to be $12,000. And they're going to split that in half. So pretty much take every position and add $1,000. So if they are on the pole and they win, they split 1000 If they're second, they split 2000 if they're third, they split 3000 and so on and so forth. So that's huge. I mean, that that's another way to keep your fans incorporated in it. Like th this is going to be big time. And this is what the high limit series is all about. Keeping the fans involved, getting driver, bigger payouts, um, one way or another, how you do it. They have, uh, already they have bigger purses and prize money. Um, starting money, everything is, is bigger in this high limit series. And it's, I mean, their logo is a sprint car with poker chips. And, and now you see why, I mean, they are making waves. They are doing big things. It's, it's awesome to see. I'm excited for the high limit series this year. Um, that's going to be my series to watch. I'm going to be watching on flow, watching that, uh, week in and week out. Cause, uh, a lot of PA guys are going there. A lot of uh, former outlaws are going there. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of big names in this, and it is going to be a very competitive season. So it's going to be wild to see how the drivers can orchestrate to win, who can be the most consistent, who can be at that, that points lead at the end of the year. It's 60 races total. It's going to be wild. I, I'm just excited for that. The outlaws, um, it's definitely going to be a new champion because Brad Sweet, like I said, he left the outlaws. And he's now running high limit. That's something I never thought I'd say. But Casey Kane and Brad Sweet have jumped from the Outlaws. They're running high limit series. Jacob Allen, he's running high limit series. He jumped from the Outlaws. I mean, the, the high limit series is is exciting for people. And the cool thing is about the high limit is that there's no, there's no race count of where you can do other races. This is the problem with the world of Outlaws is they limit their drivers to their series. They can only run so many races outside of it. And... That, that's that been the problem. They can't go and run a midweek high limit show and make money. They just can't if they want to do uh, certain other races like the race that was the million dollar race at Eldora. That was not an outlaw sanctioned race. So they had to use one of their races in order to do that. And they just don't have enough breaks in their schedule to be able to 
let, let me rephrase that. They have enough breaks. They just don't have enough uh, leniency from the series to be able to run other series and make that kind of money. Um, so it's just there. there's really high tensions with the Outlaws right now. And the high limit series is coming in and rattling teeth. And that can only be great for the fans. I mean, we're, like I said, we're sitting here excited for this season. We're sitting here excited for what they're doing. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a great season. Um, I'm going to touch on some Pennsylvania stuff. Um, the biggest controversial thing going on over the summer, well, going into this season is Lincoln Speedway has removed their main flag guy and they are putting a light as the flag. So they're, yes, I heard, I said that correctly. There's no flag stand, flag men anymore. It is going to be a light. They are going to go green. They are going to take the yellow. They are going to, it's going to turn red. They're going to take the white. They're going to take the checkered all from a screen for the flag. Um, and if it goes the way it's been going, their scoreboard hardly works day in and day out. So this is going to be interesting to see how this works on the flip side. Australia does this. They do not have a main flagger. They just have a screen that has the color of the flag that they want to happen at the time. So as they're rolling to the line, they put the green on the sign. That means go, obviously, um, the yellow, white checkered, um, I guess, in the way it is to the drivers, it's all going to be the same. They're going to see it and how they would see it normally with the guy waving the flag. I don't know. I guess maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll be bright enough for them to see more than just the regular flag. So this is going to be an interesting season at Lincoln. A lot of people are, you know, skeptical about it, but we'll see. I, I first was, but then when I heard that Australia runs it and they seem to do relatively good, I guess it'll take a, a a safety hazard away from the flag guy who would be standing out there on the flag stand. And if someone starts flipping up, it hasn't happened, but they do get close to flipping up and hitting them. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but right now, that's all I have for uh, my segment. Um, I'm just excited for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm excited for racing season. I'm just excited for a lot. So I hope you guys are excited for this upcoming season as I am. And uh, you know what? We'll see you on the next one. Take it easy, guys.